When I record podcasts, I like to stay hydrated. Who knew talking could be so hard? My favorite drink to have to hand is Lifeline's Hydro OG. It's a tried and tested product for me. It helped me and my team complete a 24-hour podcast, giving us the edge that we needed to get over the finish line. So whether you're at the gym, on a bike ride, or just trying to get over that night before, Lifeline's Hydro OG has got your back. Each serving is stocked with all the healthy ingredients and vitamins you could ask for. There are a great range of flavors, and with each serving at only 18 calories, you really can't go wrong. Here at the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast, we like to support local, independent companies and brands, and Lifelines is a product that I am proud to endorse. Go to lifelines.com. Now that's L-Y-F-E-L-I-N-E-Z.com to find out more. Now, without further ado, here is today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Just me today. Uh, Verity is out and about. She's had a busy weekend, and uh, to be in all honesty, this 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 uh, interview happened very quickly. Uh, we organised this quite quickly. Uh, so you know, I was th- taking a walk through town. Uh, I had uh, had Timmy in tow. Uh, we were. I was taking pictures because I had this fun little game I want to play. I don't. Know, this is going to go out in like three weeks' time, so I don't know if I've started the game yet, but. I was doing things to make content in town. And I thought, do you know what, right? It's really good idea if I get a, uh, get us a library card because um, we did the great interview, interview with Joe Schumann and the guys from the Writer's Lab. And uh, I feel like we're going to start doing some work together soon. So I thought it'd be really ironic if I started doing some work with the library and I don't have a library card. So we went into Shrewsbury Library and I met today's guest who is... Um, who is signing books, uh, his latest book, uh, Watching the Wheels, amongst his other, other books too. And it's Stephen Brotherton. How are you? You all right? Hello, Alex. You okay? Yeah, yeah. Get, let's get that mic a bit closer to you. Just so. is, that, is that okay? Yeah, it's perfect, yeah. Um, so, yeah, met you by chance. Signing books in, you, you in the library. Yeah, yeah. We've just um, watching the wheels has only just come out, so we're we're on a bit of a book signing tour at the minute. Um, yeah. Shrewsbury Library was the first one. Um, we did Telford Library yesterday, and we've got another couple, um, one in Ludlow next Saturday, and then we finish at uh, the Shrewsbury Museum. Um, the following week how does something like that go because I talk about like when you create expectations for yourself a lot especially because like I suffer a bit from social anxiety and a few issues like when it comes to so we did a a thing at Wellington Orbit about uh, content creators all turned up and people would do talks and they asked me to do one I was kind of like oh that's great but what if no one turns up you know and you put that expectation on yourself when you do a book signing and you're like I'm going to be at a certain place at a certain time what does that feel like? What's going on in your head psychologically? Yeah, I mean, um, if, if I'm honest, the, the worst bit about being an author, I think, for me, is, is the promotion side, the marketing side, because I, I, I I'm not naturally yeah. um, kind of, you know, extrovert in that sense. I don't, I, I think a lot of authors suffer from that. You know, they spend an awful lot of time on their own, sat yeah. on laptops writing yeah. stuff for hours on end. Um, 
and then you get to the stage where you're having to promote and market the book and uh, the publisher kind of says well get out there and you know get into the crowds now and meet everyone and, and sell it for us um so that doesn't come naturally for me anyway um so there is a little bit of anxiety around that and in terms of the actual event itself you're never too sure who's going to turn up on the day i mean we, we've we've been fortunate with this in terms of the um the businesses in shrewsbury actually taking posters and you know we've left bookmarks all, all around the town um but you never quite know who's actually going to going to show there may there may be um you know a few people that we we might know of in, in advance but you, you're never too sure i mean the one at shrewsbury library actually turned out to be really good we had um i think we had five or six people who, who just came into the library they hadn't seen the advert they were just they were just uh, in the library for whatever reason and then they came over had a chat and yeah, uh, yeah you know it was kind of by chance that they they found us how do you um, how do you when it comes to uh you know say when you got about a book signing and you got to promote it whether it's on social media posters out in town how do you stand out from the crowd when it comes to because you know there's there's lots of uh music events there's there are other authors doing their things and there's lots of things going on in town how do you stand out how did you manage to do that um i've got a good publisher so they're they're quite good at um at, at providing materials for that so you know things like the um the pull-up banner that we've got there that's uh that's quite um striking as you walk into the book signing event yeah, yeah. so that, that immediately people know there's something going on yeah. and when they see that banner the book cover helps I mean, having a having a, an attractive book cover that I love black on black on um, yellow, black and yellow and black black on yellow. Them them dynamics they work really well. Yeah, we did yeah. Um, we did uh, what did we call, uh, it was for Yusuk. What's the difference? Uh, me and Tom Bruner did, and I love the yellow and black sort of stamp. I just think it stands out. It's, it's really striking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It seems to be in vogue at the moment as well. So um, yeah, I mean, and and I think the other thing is use of social media. Obviously, I mean you can't ignore that these days yeah. that's um so we've we've got a presence on twitter instagram yeah. all the usual places um, we've just discovered tiktok so um we're we're experimenting with that at the moment tiktok's fun uh i i i misunderstood tiktok especially during the pandemic because there's lots of people bored doing dancing the dante stuff i was like oh, hey you ain't gonna catch me doing no macarena or anything on on tiktok but we've reused a lot of i recycle a lot of my content so i'll take a snippet of the audio from a podcast and yeah dress it up for tiktok and release it people enjoy that and it, there, there isn't a moment that goes by where i'm not doing something stupid so i'll put that on there as well as you know so yeah it's fun isn't it yeah it is fun yeah yeah we've i uh, say so we've only just just discovered it really but over the last three or four weeks we've been putting stuff out there how have you been utilizing it then because it's obviously you're an author with a book i mean have you had people reading or you've been um we've well so far we've we've been we've just been experimenting around the book signing events so it's just getting videos out there of, of the book signing events as they're happening um saying a little bit about the venues you're at with you know shrewsbury library is an interesting venue in oh, itself yeah um yeah. so you know talking about whatever you can in terms of the the buildings that you're in um the kind of history of, of those buildings the the connect the darwin connection obviously with 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 the library there um we were in um um ironbridge fine arts gallery uh couple of weeks ago and that again is a wonderful building it's in the merrythorpe village in in ironbridge so you you can talk about you know we were talking about the merrythorpe connection there and mm. uh, and all the history behind that so we got invited there for that. an event i, th I didn't go though because we were busy this, this is the way it is at the moment but yeah it's a great yeah. place i need to visit yeah no, it's a great building it's worth it's worth a <clears> and they, they've been very supportive with with all my books so yeah and this is one what was going to lead on to really when it comes to to shropshire and 
and and writers and authors. I mean, we 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 spoke a great deal with 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 Joe about you know the writers labs and yeah. you know how that's kind of progressing. That seems like that's growing. You know, from what I gather, from what I spoke to Joe about, and seeing the progression of the book that you got, the the, the writers lab released you know collaboratively and the writers that are coming out of it as well that are working with that as well it seems like it that seems a bit a bit of a good momentum absolutely yeah i mean i've i've been part of that writers lab since since the beginning so um you know when when joe was looking around for um you know interest in terms of the first meeting for that for that lab I, i happened to be in the library one day and started to have a conversation with him and suddenly you're on board um stephen palmer being involved that's a huge coup for, for Joe um, at the start. I think he, he came on the Shrews Biscuit in our first year. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Steve Palmer. Yeah, he's yeah. very good. And and he gave us an... I mean, he's a well-established author over many years. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, yeah. going back into the 1990s, I think he had his first book published, um, you know, kind of early 90s, maybe even the end of the 80s. Um, so he's he's got lots of experience as an, as an author. Yeah. Um, and having him on board was was great. He chaired... He chaired um, the meetings for the first i think the first two years of the lab yeah um and you know having joe there i mean he's he's so enthusiastic so knowledgeable with his journalist background um and he, he's got lots of connections lots of lots of networks that he can tap into so uh, i found that really really helpful um so i've been a member of that lab I mean, unfortunately he's moved on now so that it's it's kind of a transition to yeah, yeah. for the for the lab yeah. um i'm also a member of the original writers group so Okay, so yeah, the, yeah okay. So I've been I've been a member of that group for um, a few years now, and they're great. I mean, you've got a mixture there of prose writers and poets. So there's a lot of um, we go along third Tuesday of the month. Um, we're at the library now in Bridge North, and um, and it, it's all about critique. So taking along extracts of your writing, and people will will give you real really good feedback, critique on on how to improve. Um, I found that really helpful. I um I applied for a job as a writer. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll apply for anything, right? And there was a there was a, a job going for a well established I want to say the name, but well established um, geek article website. And I thought, oh, why not? <laughs> why not? So I I wrote a draft and sent it to Violet Fenn, um, who's a good friend of ours, um, a well well known author in Shropshire. And um, she she critiqued it, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm gonna send this to. And she was like, it's actually really not bad. That um, she was like, we use the word number instead of the number number, and an ampersand comes after a name, not a right, okay. not not a, <laughs> yeah. not a thing. And I was like, okay. But she was like, it wasn't too bad. But I felt so bad, like I felt like really like a lot of yeah. put myself a lot, yeah. under a lot of pressure, sending something that I'd written for someone else to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I a weird weird feeling. It is an odd one. Um, I mean, I think. It, <clears throat> You know, it's, it depends on how that's done and how it's presented back to you. But um, yeah. I think if you're doing that with fellow authors, they they know your pain, so they they know how to say yeah. that in such a way that it's not going to offend you. And you know what? Over the last couple of weeks, I have realised I need to start writing a bit more. I feel like um, maybe it, like, you know you see monthly newsletters and things like that. I feel like a, a bi-weekly sort of article that we can release on the new website we're going to be building eventually at some point uh, to go along with podcasts with a QR code where people can scan it after yeah. they've read what yeah. they've uh, yeah. read that goes into the podcast i think that'd be really really good for the biscuit i think that, um so i need to sort of flex my muscles a little bit so for someone like me who's like oh you know maybe i'll try a little bit writers labs and writers groups are a good thing to be a yeah, absolutely of. yeah yeah i'd absolutely recommend that um i'd say i've benefited massively from being part of yeah. both of those groups um and i say you get you get the connections out of that as well so um you know there's there's authors that i've met through bridge north writers group for example who i can 
kind of have a coffee with in 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 town and have a have a chat with outside the group and and, and with joe even though he's moved now he's, he's he's moved off to liverpool he's going to be editing my next book he's already started work on that with me so i've got a second collection that's a second draft stage now and joe's been the editor on that one um and he'll carry on being the editor until we get that published so I wouldn't have had that connection without the writer's lab. When someone does editing, do they do it like chapter by chapter? Do you send them chapter by chapter or do you send them the whole book and be like, right, read that? You know, how does that work? So with this, with, with the fact that I'm writing short stories, um, yeah. I, I've, what I've done with these, these books, so, so this, with this one, my editor um, received the stories one by one. So I worked on them one by one, trying to keep the theme, uh, having the theme in mind of vulnerability right the way across the old book but working on the stories one by one. And then when you've actually got all of the stories into a decent enough state, send that through as a complete manuscript to make sure it flows and, and it, you know, it's got connection all the way, all the way across yeah. the 18 stories that are in Watching the Wheels. It um, makes sense because, you know, I do get a general theme of when I was reading the book, uh, I do get a general feel for, you say vulnerability, and that mm. kind of makes a lot of sense. Mm. Uh, I felt like there's a general feel of, emotions and sort of you know how how people are raised and how the environment they're in and how it affects them absolutely yeah i mean i've got an interest in that anyway because i'm a social worker by profession so i've worked in the social work business for you know the last 30 years um i still work for the nhs um on an occasional basis that's interesting that really so. is interesting because you know we spoke to simon bell a few weeks ago he's been on the show a couple of times but he he mental health care is his his mm. profession for over 30 years and I feel, do you feel like the, the experiences that do make you a better writer, those life experiences when it comes to like human interaction? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm interested in. So with, in this book, I'm interested in the psychology of survival. So what people have to do in their lives, what we all have to do in our lives, um, out of whatever fractures or whatever anxieties are, have been created by life experience in order to survive. Um, yeah. So that that was that was my interest in, in writing these, these stories. Um and yeah, I, I mean, it's it's fiction at the end of the day, and it's caricature, but it's uh, it's based on um, you know real life emotions. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, experience. I love a book that starts with an "om," you know, like "oh," as if they just said that, like you know, and and yours very much starts with that, and I love that. It's uh, straight to the point. Yeah. And I love that in a story that gets straight into it. No mucking about when they did the new, uh, the, the, the Tom Holland Spider-Man, I was like, they're not going to do the uncle Ben story. They're going to get straight on with the film. Love that. Get yes. on with it. Yeah. And is that, is that like your, your direct style? Is that yeah. Of, I think that's, I think that's kind of good general advice anyway, to kind of hook people in right at the start. Mm. You know, your, yeah. first, your first line is massively important. Um, and you know, you need to get the reader's attention and, uh, and, and give them something interesting. That's what they're, they're reading. Um, so yeah, I had very much had that in mind. Um, I mean, the first two stories are set in care homes. So, um, you know, that, that's been, um, a big part of my professional life. Actually, actually having relationships with, you know, care homes, mainly for older yeah. people. Um, and so, you know, that, that, that is an area that interests me. What I, what I found really impressive, especially with the first story is how you can, you can build a character's development in a paragraph. You know, there's, you can, in, in like, 
a dozen words you can you can say something about someone and why they behave a certain way you'd be like oh okay you know i don't want to spoil the book for people genuinely guys please please read the book but like you you wonder why someone's been so horrible and then you add a little bit of filler onto what went on earlier that day and you're kind of like oh okay then okay well that's 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 interesting that's pleasing to hear that that's that's come across like that um but i i i think for me the the um, kind of critical part of I mean this this is what I like reading as well in terms of you know my my own personal reading um, I like reading about strong characters and um, you know characters with depth and uh, um, and that's what I've tried to create and uh, hopefully I've done that across all the stories yeah. I was never a fan of short stories I really wasn't um, I, I one of my one of my greatest sort of experiences with reading was with the sharp books I read every single one of them mm. I got absolutely immersed into the universe of Bernard Cornwell Sharp and all the characters around them. You know, if you've ever read those books, you'll understand that every single character in those books has its own personality that goes through every single book. And that is like, I love that every book left a legacy and you were wondering how it's it's always built up to the battle. Yeah. And I love that. And until, um, you know, I've read, I started, I read, I am legend, which is a very short novel. Um, and I, I thought that was a really nice short read. I was like, actually, maybe there is something into sort of dipping into a story and then dipping out again, Mm. you know? And that's kind of where I started to, and I've always mentioned, I think huge credit when it comes to short storytelling goes to, I don't know if we're allowed to mention him, but uh, Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon with um, Rick and Morty, with what they do there. Um, I've always mentioned uh, Morty's Mind Blowers. It's a bit R-rated, a little bit of a cheeky show, but they do, in like 25 minutes or something, they tell five short stories in a brilliant way. And I feel like that's genius. Yeah, yeah. So if you can do that and entertain people, then I think short stories deserve the the space that everything else gets. Yeah, if that makes sense, it's a snapshot in time, isn't it? And it's but it's got to be an interesting snapshot, and it's got to have a, you know, a proper story arc. It's got to be a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you've got to have a proper narrative in there. But um, the, the stories in watching the wheels are varying lengths. So um, you know, there's a couple of five thousand word stories in there, but I've also got uh, the three stories that that the book ends with are. are, are the book short, the book one i just yeah. read was very short yeah i was yeah. like oh okay we're yeah. gonna leave it there are we okay well the three stories at the end are eight nine eight nine hundred words yeah um, so they're kind of bordering on flash fiction um which um interests me as well you know it's a, there's some wonderful stories out there that, that some wonderful authors of flash fiction they can tell a story in 50 words um yeah well, like I said, you, a paragraph can change the way you feel about a character when you read them. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I feel like, you know, there, there are things that are done again and again and almost cliche when it comes to building a character. But if you could say her cheek still hurts from where Billy hit her because she didn't get the dinner out on time or something, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I don't think they're the right characters. But, you know, I mean, you get that sense like, oh, that's why she's feeling a bit miserable today. Yeah. And what was that? You know, 10, ten words. Like, that's uh, that's yeah. very short. And it's 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 very clever, a very clever tool to have in a, in a writer's book. Yeah. What I've got to ask you, though, is, is a very cliche question. And I'm very sorry. This is the sort of question you get on Graham Norton. And is, uh, are any of these characters based on real people? You know, uh, are these people that you've met out and about or are they completely fictional? Um, the, it, it varies according to the stories. I mean, some of the stories, uh, have characters in there who I've I've certainly got in mind. Um, you know the um, the Black Shadow story, for example, where we've got Fred and Rhoda going off on their their Mer- kind of latter life adventure. Mm. I, I've definitely got a, a, a person in mind 
in terms of both of those people who I've I've worked with um, um, as residents in care homes over over the years, um, and and just the amazing kind of strength of those two individuals as well to get to that point in their life and still be striving and wanting you know wanting excitement in their yeah. day. Um, so they're they're definitely based on 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 real people. I, I mean, again, it's all fiction and it's caricature, but it's um, you know it's kind of um, built into a, a story that in real life didn't actually exist in quite that way. But yeah. it's the it's the people that that, um, that are the important thing for me. Um, some of the some of the stories contain people out of my family tree. So I've I've done a lot of um, a lot of work on my family tree over the last couple of years during lockdown actually and found some interesting characters there that i've then taken out of the the, the situation they were in and built a story around them so um you know in, included them in the uh, in, in in the book as a as a fictional character but they they they're there they're they're you know they're part of my genealogy i love someone that <clears throat> does though does end up a bit of a caricature in real life yeah you know whether they've family members or whether they're, they're friends. I always remember like being completely ashamed of the fact that I was a bit of a geek and the Batman and the people I used to hang around with were geeks and nerds. I used, to, yeah. I used to be like, oh my God. Like, But then I think something happened later in life and I'm like, no, like, you got to embrace these people and the, the people you got around you and who you are. And I feel like it was like this big coming out thing where I was kind of like, yeah, I'm a nerd. All right? I like reading, reading yeah. Spawn and I like reading Batman. This is who I am. Yeah. And I feel like with stories like this, yeah, there may be that kind of um, when you look at a character and you think, oh, it's a bit of a character. But I've met, I remember there was, I used to work um, at a, a casino and I was the assistant manager there. And there was this lady that used to come in and she was rude to everybody, but in a in a really funny way. Like if you asked her, she'd be like, uh, let's say her name was Sue, right? I, it's not, I'll, I'll call her out, but um, she's probably not here now, but I'm not going to do that. But I'd be like, all right, Sue. And she'd be like, hey! Like she get right and you're like what? Where's my coffee? Like you know, and I used to think that was so beautiful. Like and I, I'd do the bingo. I'd call bingo. Yeah. Yes, guys, yeah. I used to call bingo. That's where I first found my voice. Um, and um, I'd be like, right, Sue, if you win again, you're buying us all around a coffee. So right, and she'd be like, hey, you can hear her like from the yeah. distance. Like you know, I love that. Yeah, and as soon as you've got that kind of hook, you've got your character, haven't you? You can build on that. Um, I mean, what you've got to do then as an author is put a story around that, which is, you know, is not straightforward. But um, so one of the one of the characters I've got in the book is uh, so Miss Denny and her captain. That's based on um, my two times great grandmother, who uh, we originate from Barnum Broom in Norfolk as a family, which I found I only found out about a couple of years ago. Um, and she, the reason we finished up in the West Midlands is because she jumped on a narrowboat when she was seventeen. Um, lost both her parents. She left her younger siblings up up in Norfolk, and she came down to the West Midlands on an narrowboat on her own and set set up a, a new life down here. Now the story I've written is a romance story. <laughs> you know, she falls in love with the captain, and uh, and they have a, a romance. Not to spoil that for people, but mm-hmm. uh, it's that that part of the story didn't actually happen. Yeah. But the character of Miss Denny, that's my two times great grandmother. Um, so I've lifted her out of history and I've brought her into a story, um, you know, set, set in 1848 on a narrowboat. Um, how, how long does it take to... Because, con- con- like, that is, like... 
When it comes to taking someone out of your past and then dropping them somewhere in today's modern times with a different story surrounding them, how long does it take to conceive a story like that? Whether it's short, whether it's long, because you've got, you've got these mental building blocks around these people. Yeah, with that one, it took a lot of research because you've got, it's, uh, I mean, you know, you, you're in the, the 1840s, so you've got to, uh, you know, you've got to get the context right. You've got to get the, um, you know, the, the, the kind of clothing right the language right the the way people would relate to each other at that point the culture of of that that point in time um i mean i i had no idea at all about how nanoboats work so that's that's a lot of research in itself yeah i think there's a lot of people especially around the world that didn't realize that you know how important narrowboats were until there was uh, peaky blinders or something, yeah you know, like that's right yeah. the coal yeah. the coal things going down yeah. there the yeah. canals and stuff yeah. yeah and it was the main, main way of getting stuff around the country wasn't it at that point in, yeah. in time yeah. um you know just just knowing how the kind of um i mean in, in the book the in this story the the narrowboat is actually pulled by two donkeys and um you know that's historically correct it did happen i mean usually it would be shy horses that pull pull narrowboats but um you know just to know well what are the kind of practicalities of that if you're on a journey from norfolk down to the west midlands that's quite a lengthy journey how do you get the how do you look after the donkeys how do you make sure the horses you know, yeah, how, do you, yeah. how do you make yeah. sure they're shooed and but this is fed? This is this is the interesting thing about life, you see. And this is, I was, I, I, I was, I'm not, I'm not Isaac Newton or anything like that, where simple things spiral onto amazing ideas. But like, you know, I talked about on the show. I was, I was just, I was just sat, and I was just thinking, and I saw a bus go by, and I was thinking, every single person on that bus is going to go home to their own house, have they cook their own dinner, yeah. got their own lives, their own parents, and they, and it's just it's a simple concept that just blew my mind at a weird time, yeah. you know, and that's what I loved about the care home aspect of this. Yes, yeah, yeah. is that you know we we see the stories going on in, in the news uh, where people are being suspended and places being closed and you know there's investigations being put in, but like you see that that headline on a news story. And there is so much involved in that headline. Yeah. All those yeah. individual people. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's what kind of what I see you focusing on is that like these people have got their mind. You know, um, the, the the lady that's had a stroke and she wants to flirt with the guy, but she can't because she can't talk. Like, yes. But yeah. she's thinking that she wants to speak, but she doesn't want to draw, and she's like torturing herself mentally. Yeah. Like that is something that's quite beautiful to think about in a in a, in a weird way. Is that everything is once you magnify when you when you magnify and magnify and magnify is really important it is yeah we've, yeah. All, we've all got our own stories haven't we that's the point and um you know that's the point of the book really yeah, what, what we do every day in order to get through that day um i mean one of the stories is about so a lot of the stories are autobiographical i mean i when i first left school i was in the i was in the police cadets so i don't know if you come across those stories yet but there's a there's um a story in there of a police cadet being bullied by um a gang of glue sniffers on his on his walk back to the train every night these gang of glue sniffers pick on him and bully him um now that that's something that i know happened with because you're, you're talking about police cadets who are 17 18 years of age they're, they're not they're not worldly they're they're trying to they're walking around in a yeah. uniform that, that a lot of people don't There's like. some punk like, come on, arrest me yeah. then, arrest almost me. almost like targets. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. They haven't got any real powers of arrest or sort of stuff, but they still have to, uh, even though they've got the civvy coat on, you know, they're, they're trying to hide their uniform as best they can as they're walking home and getting their train home at night. Um, it's obvious they're, 
what they are. You know, the, mm. the, the clip-on tie gives it away and the, and the boots and the yeah, trousers. So that is something that came out of my, my experience of it in the police cadets. There's a, a story in there of um, my dad was... Um, was in the Merchant Navy. Uh, he, he joined the Merchant. He, he joined the Merchant Navy as a seventeen-year-old in nineteen forty-three. Imagine the world at that point, you know, and what he's going into in terms of training to to join to to, to join the war, really. Um, so there's a story in there called Sea Boys, which talks you through the what I would think of as his fictional as his experience. It's all fiction, but um, as, as his experience of being in that training school. Um, and we went down to the, uh, as part of researching my family tree, we went down to the um, the docks where his training ship was based in Sharpness in Gloucestershire, uh, just to see where he where, where that ship was based, and, and you know, kind of almost feel his presence. And that was that was quite a powerful moment actually when we made that trip. So that all then feeds into the writing when you you know when you when you get back in front of your laptop. Can your emotions distract you away from your research? Yeah, sometimes you can. Um, it's I wish this had happened, and you're just like, oh, but this, these facts tell me it didn't, and you're like, oh, but it's going to happen anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the beauty of fiction is you can use, you know, the the the, the research to mould your, your your kind of story that you're pulling together. So, yeah. um, I guess if you're someone like Tarantino, who didn't care about sort of where where the movie was placed in time, so like we've got people doing seventy style like, disco dancing, talking about Big Macs. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't write like that, but I mean, there's, um, yeah, you know, you, you've got a certain amount of leeway, haven't you? To, yeah, of course you, of course you. That's the joy of the art, really. You can, uh, you can do what you want with it. Have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, how many stories are in this book? There's eighteen. Eighteen stories in this book. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine there is only eighteen Stephen Brotherton short novels, short stories in existence. I'm, I imagine there was lots more. Yeah. That could have gone into this book, but didn't make it somehow. How did you shortlist and include the ones you did? How did you do that? Um, well, uh, first of all, it's important to stick to your theme. So whatever your theme for a short story collection is, make sure that kind of flows and there's a connection across all the stories. Um, and I kind of have to give a massive shout out to my editor in that in that respect, Alison Taft, who edited Watching the Wheels, was, was wonderful in kind of saying, yeah. These- Stephen, this one's sci-fi. <laughs> yeah these, these work but this one over you know yeah. you know all that for another day um yeah. nothing's ever wasted you know I, I certainly don't throw anything away so uh hopefully mm. i can you know use it in the future and some of the stories that fell out of this collection will reappear in the in the next well they're, they're already in in the in the, the kind of uh, collection that's, that hopefully will will get published at the end of um, the end of this year, and that's what I'm talking to Joe about now as the editor of the second book. Um, you know, how does this all all together? Um, we're carrying on with the theme of vulnerability, um, and so he he'll advise me on that. Yeah, because vulnerability is an interesting one as a as an umbrella sort of term for whatever you know stories that fall underneath it. Yeah. vulnerability can metamorphosize into something completely different can't it you know especially when you talk about the bugs or a story you know yeah can... yeah i mean it's kind of finding the vehicle for your story to kind of travel on really and with the bugs one that's that's about a serial killer um now i've never met a serial killer but you know i've not that you know of. Ah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, w- I watch the news, I hear stories, I've read books about serial killers, but um, it's it's a good vehicle to actually explore, well, 
what kind of makes people do that? Um, you know, what is their history? What's their kind of life story that's got them to a point where that's their choice in life? Um, I don't want to spoil the story, but you know, there's a very clear reason why why um, why those characters are finished up in that place. I just watched a, a documentary on Netflix that. Um, it had me in tears, like ugly crying. Like, yeah. and I, 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 I've, I've watched things about the Holocaust. I've watched some of the most brutal movies, and it doesn't bother me. But this, this one really, really affected me. I think it's because I have a lot of empathy and compassion, and sometimes I put myself in their position. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, is there a lot of that in this in this book for you? Do you put yourself in them positions, and can it be hard? Yeah, to I think you have to. Um, I, th- I think that's. That's kind of essential for well, certainly for the way I write, I have to mm. kind of almost get myself into their world. Really, um, I mean, some of the, some of it, as I say, is autobiographical, so I'm already kind of almost in the world because I'm writing about myself. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's some stuff in there, as I say. Um, I, I mean, you know, I'm just thinking of the couple of the stories that had the biggest impact. Um, there's a story in there about um, a guy who's uh, who's kind of reflecting back on his life and thinking about, he's got to the age, he's got to 60, I'm 60 now, and you're kind of pondering about, well, where did some of the big characters go to out of my life who I I, I lost track of? You know, and I had had a couple of best friends when I was, so if if I take a couple of best friends, for example, when I was seven, eight, there was a guy who lived next door to me then, and we were inseparable for, you know, we, we we were neighbours, but we we spent most of the day in each other's company as friends, best yeah. friends. Um, and then I lost contact with him, and uh, you know we moved house. I was eleven when we moved, and I don't really know where he is now. You know, well, I, there's that moment where you realise, well, we're both sixty this year. Where is he? What what happened to him? What was his life story? So if you're listening to this, the number to call is... No. <laughs> you're right, though. This happens a lot, doesn't yeah. it, with people? And then the, the second guy was the guy who, uh, when I moved house, I, I connected with someone, you know, in that new area, and he was a best friend for five, six years. I did get in touch with him on Facebook a couple of years ago, but um, our paths just kind of went in completely different directions at 17. And, uh, yeah. you know, you, that's a moment in time where you're properly connected, you know, as children and as teenagers, and then suddenly it is no more. Or maybe the listeners, what they're hearing you talk about that, maybe you guys listening to the show, think about those friends that you had when you were 7, 8, 9, 10, they used to go out and play with, and you haven't seen for for decades. And they're, they're definitely friends that I'm thinking about now uh, that, that, are, that I do have that effect. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, the guy, the guy in the story actually... He, you know, the way the story pans out, he, he's kind of got in his head the Stephen Stephen Hawking thing about parallel universes. You know that somewhere, he's he's still connected. Uh, well, both of them are still connected as seven year olds flying kites. You know, and that that's an interesting. Kind I love of that step back moment really when you get to sixty, but it's still up there somewhere in the universe. Hopefully, yeah, I love that. <laughs> there was a, somebody said a joke the other day about uh, have you seen the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once? No, I definitely no. need to watch this film. It's about multiverse. It's about a woman doesn't. I don't want to spoil the movie too much, but like a woman who doesn't realise, but the other version of her has created a multiverse, 
and she comes and she's like, "You've done this thing." She's like, "I've done a what?" And um, they were like, "It's the most award-winning show uh, movie of all time." And somebody's like, "Well, that's because they've counted the ones from multiple the universes from all around." The- <laughs> well, that's really really yeah. funny. Yeah. I love the idea of a multiverse. Yeah, it's something that they're, they're kind of delving into more and more because yeah. it does get you thinking, doesn't it? What would have happened if I if I hadn't have stepped away from the curb? Crossroads. Yeah. What about if I'd have gone left instead of right? What would yeah. my life have been like? That, that, I reckon that could lead to some good writing material if yeah, you think about that constantly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I, mean, I mean, again, it's a theme that's across the stories, you know, people making different choices. Um, yes. But what about if they'd have gone in the other direction? The lady who didn't marry the, the American and went with the other Absolutely. Girl. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That's... Um, it's, it's it's an interesting kind of you know once once you get that rattling around your brain as an author, it feeds a lot of stuff. Um, What's that movie with Gwyneth Paltrow? Is it sli- Sliding Doors? Sliding Doors, yeah. Yeah, where it's, yeah. Just, it's, it's parallel universe. It's like what would happen if I hadn't done this or I hadn't done that? Yeah. Or the butterfly effect. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It really is interesting. Um, with with uh, with short stories though, um, I, I guess you don't have um, to hand the luxury of taking a bit of time to to you know sort of situate the listener you've got to be impactful really quickly it's a bit like poetry isn't it you've only got a few lines or a few pages yeah. to get out there and do your thing yeah. and do it well yeah um is this something that you've practiced primarily or have you done a bit of long form writing as well i mean is this just something that you do i, I try to map each story out so even though i haven't got space you know in the story to go into an awful lot of detail about the yeah. setting and the the backgrounds etc because that's not everybody's talking (laughs) but it's still mapped out so you're um you know you've always got that to refer to so it kind of keeps you on track where as as to where you're going um but it has got to be impactful yeah you're right i mean that's the that's that's so important in a short story yeah i think one of the most impactful short stories i've seen on the film is that beginning of up the movie up where you see the kids make friends together and they, they, they do all the go for yeah. all the things, go for their life together. And again, I don't want to spoil it if you want to see this like, uh, you know, 15 year old movie, but uh, <laughs> it's such a beautiful short moment in, in, in movie. And it, it is a short story, um, but it, it has you in tears by the end of it. You know, yeah. is, is there anything that you've seen uh, on your travels that kind of inspires you? Things like that, that you may see and think, Oh, I want to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by other authors, you know. I'm other authors. I'm putting myself in the same category as these. You're an author. I see your book right here. People. This means you're an author. <laughs> but um, you know, authors like Mo Hader, for example. I mean, if if anyone's out there and, and then they want to have a, a, a go at reading Mo Hader books and they're interested in detective fiction, then I would absolutely recommend those books to people. You know, start. To just start on the first book and and have the joy of working your way through with all those wonderful characters yeah. that she creates. Um, Clive Barker's another one. I, I mean, I love Weave World. If no one, if you've not read that, that's and it, again, Clive Barker makes the point about you know, it's always kind of arbitrary about where you start a story. You know, there's no such thing as the beginning of a story really or the end of a story. You you make that choice as the author because you're always jumping in, aren't you? Um, there's always a there's always a, another story behind the story. <laughs> and it's, it depends if you want to take yourself seriously as well. There's always that cliche is a, hi, this is me. You may wonder why I had gun this position. Well, let me tell you. And then you go back to the front of the story, you know. Yeah. I like things like that. I think it's, it's, it's good. I think you can, I think you've got to be able to not, 
See, this is where I would struggle as a writer. We were talking a bit about this around the kettle, the kettle talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying, like, you know, with this, this book idea I've had for the last forever, um, I have imposter syndrome, right? I have, I have a serious issue with accepting that what I'm doing is good, yeah. right? I'm yeah. criticising myself as I'm doing it, you know? And that's a lot for, for a lot of things. I feel like you've got to be in a certain headspace when it comes to writing a book and releasing it and go for the trouble of finding an editor and getting the art for the, the you know, doing all these things. And you've got to be able to take yourself serious as a writer, haven't you? I guess. Yeah. Or, or am I wrong in saying that? Because I guess there are people with imposter syndrome that write, but I imagine it's really, really hard. Yeah, I mean, I, that, I don't think, well, I, I'm going to speak for myself, but I don't think that will ever leave me. You know, I'm, I feel as though, you know, someone's going to find me out at any minute, really. I'm just, um, what, what am I doing? Gotcha. What am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't write a word. Um, Did you just use <laughs> spell check? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But I don't think that, I, I think for most authors, that that's kind of there. Um, we're just getting reviews coming back on watching the wheels. I mean, oh, fortunately, they're, they're, they're going really well. Um, but some some of the reviews that are coming back, you're, you're kind of reading... Um, I mean, some of them have been really, you know, they're very in standard, but some of the critique has been fair enough, really. And you, it does kind of drive, it certainly drives me to have a think about, well, should I have written that story in that way? You know, should I have written it in another way? Um, because basically, you know, one person's come back and told me that, they, you know, they would have preferred a different, a different approach to it. And I think that's kind of all part of the vulnerability of being an author. You, mm. uh, you kind of have to, you have to kind of get used to the fact that... Um, you know, you're not going to please everyone. Every t- uh, in, I guess people, when when they story. read stories or whether they watch movies or how they take in that, that story. Taste, yeah. Uh, they create their own narrative sometimes, don't they? Yeah. And, you know, like, I remember, I do remember the first, uh, the first Jack Reacher book was, uh, was written in present tense. It was, I did this and I did that. Yeah. And uh, the second book was past tense. And I was kind of like, what made Lee Child just suddenly decided to go from i was in a police station it was dark it was damn to he was in a police station he was, what makes somebody do that because i feel like sometimes people want to be that person yeah so that yeah. present tense i did this and i did that yeah kind of helps people doesn't it and i noticed you you, you swapped and changed a little bit with that didn't you yeah i quite like um <clears throat> i like to use present tense where where i can but sometimes especially when you've got you know three or four different characters it's it's more straightforward to use the the past the past tense then um for me anyway mm. um i mean i had that i had that as a massive choice with my novel which was fractures dreams and second chances that's been out a couple of years now but that's autobiographical but there's two main characters in that and i've presented both of them in first person and so yeah. interesting uh, and uh, both of them both of them okay and, and so it's it's written almost a, as a kind of um, almost as a diary for from each of their perspectives. Um, I mean, it's a love story, and it um, it tracks them through time from the, the, they're each other's first love when they're when they're seventeen, and then they lose contact for thirty five years, and then they kind of come back into each other's life. So the story is about the original love affair, why they broke up, what's happened to each of them separately during the you know the thirty five years that they they weren't in each other's orbit. And then what happens when they come back together 35 years later? But the, the way I approached the book was to do first person um, for both of them. And it's also an interesting one when you're, um, you know, you're kind of after, you have to think about as well, 
Uh, obviously there I'm talking about a man and a woman and I'm a man. So, you know, at least half of that book is written from um, a woman's first person perspective. And can I do that as a man? Um, is a question. Ah, that's interesting. Um, I think, I mean, the reviews have come back and said, you know, it works. But it's uh, it's always a tricky one because, you know, you don't want to be dropping into cliche and stereotype. And This guy spent like 400 pages <laughs> mansplaining how things do. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to be extremely careful how you do that. But the reason I chose the first person um, and for both of those characters is, is for the impact. Because um, for me, there's nothing more impactful than just... You know, getting that straight from the character, um, and first person does that. You know, best for me. Um, I got to apologise by the way. I know I'm coughing, spluttering down this microphone like an idiot. I was at the football yesterday. It was very cold, and we were shouting an awful lot. So I pulled my throat out a little bit. So <clears throat> I'm kind of struggling down this microphone. But um, I feel like you've when it, you know. Okay, we talk about um, what I like to do to distract myself away from my creative side, my audio side, my productions and stuff, is the football and movies and stuff. What yeah. do you do to recharge? I mean, when it comes to writing stories, when it comes to writing, it's it's you're there in it, you're in the zone. Mm. You've got to be able to switch away from that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I read a lot. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of got reading goes on. I think you've got to read as an author to kind of... Um, and read a lot of different genres as well to kind of get the broadest possible experience that you can. Um, but, yeah, we, um, you know, we, we do all sorts. We, we're, we're a member of a gym. We, we went to a gym session this morning. That's a good release. Um, you know, just... Uh, we, we're doing a, a walk uh, for Alzheimer's Society in, uh, in June... July, and that's raising money for for um, research into into dementia. Um, so that's a a twenty six mile trek across Bre Brecon Beacons. So we're we we just started training for that, um, but and that kind of drags us into the gym to to work with the PT on that. Um, so that's a good release. Um, it's good. It's good that you you find things to do together. But um, do do you write yourself, Trace? No, I don't write. No. no, no, nothing more than a shopping list. <laughs> so, I I always have a lot because my my wife is amazing at what I do because you know we had two events yesterday we 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 constantly hear the area where we've got people come round to do interviews. We honestly, it's like a full team job. She doesn't have to do that, but she goes, yeah, okay, all right, Whiteley, let's go. You know, and I I I've, I can't thank her enough for that. So being with someone that's creative and, and, and following the journey and being supportive hats off for you for doing that because you give them a license to be a writer yeah yeah absolutely um but what is it like to 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 to, to see this progress to see the successes and to see everything that's happening around him it's really interesting there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows when he gets really involved in the in the stories and the characters the impact that has him as a person sometimes it's it's really interesting to see him go on that journey um but he he finds it a, a real cathartic um experience um, yeah do you ever get method with it you know that's that's quite a common question with actors and stuff like but i guess when you're in the mindset of a particular person who's maybe really really cruel in a nursing home or something and you're in the mindset of that person does it affect you emotionally yeah absolutely i mean if uh, i think especially if i've if i've got you know some kind of um real life link with 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 the events that are happening 
Um, I mean, I, again, there's a there's a couple of stories in the book that are about um, you know someone reflecting back on their life, and uh, you know when you when you're writing that kind of stuff and it's dealing with broken relationships or it's dealing with lost contacts um, and that's a kind of real event that's happened in your life you're, you're going to get affected by that because you're you're going back to a place where you know that potentially wasn't a nice experience it was I mean I wouldn't use the word trauma that's that but but potentially there is there is some trauma attached to that um, I guess the biggest thing that's affected me in, in uh, and I've I've used the writing to to uh, as Tracy says as a cathartic experience really is I was um I was seven when my dad died so that had a huge kind of impact on my childhood and um you know and I think it's it's kind of set my psychology for the rest of my life you know because um, that's that's the time that you're you are you are kind of formed really at that sort yeah, of yeah, age. Of so if something that <clears throat> traumatic happens when you're that age, age you're going you you know you're going to live with that, and that's that has affected how I I kind of approach life. It affects the way I relate to other people. Um, you know, it affects my feelings about loss and about. Um, I, I don't think I ever properly went through a grieving process because that wasn't something that was even thought of back in the in 1970 when that happened yeah yeah um, just get on with it a lot more just stuff out there now in terms of child bereavement um uh, children experiencing bereavement and um um but it wasn't it was, certainly wasn't there then so i think that's that's quite traumatic um when you're writing a story that takes you back to that time and connects you back with it yeah having life experience is really important when it comes to anything whether it's writing yeah. music, yeah. whether it's uh, being an artist, whether it, I, I don't know. I feel like you, you, if you don't take anything out of your life experiences and put it into into your passions and your pride, yeah. um, then you're a bit of a robot. In all honesty, I feel. No offense if you don't do that. That's just my thought on things. I just feel like that's just how I do it, and everything else seems alien, you know. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, it does get the better of me. Sometimes I'll I'll look at a review or or some figures or something. I was talking about my the the um, the figures that we get, the numbers, the downloads that we get. Sometimes I'll look at that and be like, "Wow, what, what do people not even care about me anymore?" Like, yeah. and then sometimes I, you know. I'll look at it and I'll be elated with the figures, and I get so attached to that. And that's that is bad. Yeah. That is when you're attached to analytics on a weekly basis. That is not healthy in any way, shape, or yeah. form. Um, how have you been with the reviews? Because I know you're saying that some have been good, some have been bad. Have you no, taken it? Have you taken it on the chin? Have you been elated by yeah, it? I think you have to. And I, fortunately, we haven't had any bad reviews so far. Um, but we, you know, there are. There are things that have come out that um, where you know some people. It's amazing the difference in terms of what people like. You know, so so people's favourite stories are all very different. Um, so you know, some people like Black Shadow. Some people uh, actually preferred preferred the Pig story, which uh, is is kind of nine stories in, which is very very different to Black Shadow. Um, some people like the you know, who doesn't love a serial killer in fiction? It's, uh, it's something <laughs> that, that some people are particularly drawn to. Some people don't like that, actually. They, they can't be coping with the gore of that. And um, 
I think I'd make a good Bill Sykes. I do. <laughs> I think that'd be great. And that's, again, that's that's cliche. Oliver Twist, old, yeah. old, 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 old story. But I kind of like that. I feel like you need a bit of bit of that sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like you need to vary that with with obviously age, with kids, and stuff like that. I mean, um, my little boy, um, he's kind of getting curious about horror movies and stuff now. He's eight years old. Is it's oh. kind of like the age where it's kind of starting to sort of. Um, and I was like, maybe Stranger Things. I don't know. I was, I, I feel like there's, there's got to be something out there. But it's kind of a progression we all go through, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I feel like sometimes that just becomes a, a passion for me. I know people absolutely love horror movies. Um, one of my, I'm very lucky enough to be friends with Mick Strawn, who makes horror movies, and he that's his life. He loves that sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I, again, that's not my life. That's not kind of what I get. But I understand it. Yeah. It's I mean, the, the 18 stories go across... I mean, one of the things that's come across the reviews so far is um, I, I think the kind of recognition that they do go across a number of genres, you know. There's, and that's good. There's, there's a variety in there that, that people like. The downside of that is that there are going to be some stories that don't suit. So you've people. not given yourself a niche in a no, way? No, I've tried not to. Um, I say the, the main focus is all about the characters. So, you know, we've got a ghost story in there. We've got a romance in there. We've got some real life kind of gritty um, contemporary fiction in there. Do you feel like that's that could be your Achilles heel in a way? I mean, like you know, you think of Dean Koontz, you'd be like, "Oh, Dean Koontz is writing children's books now." Okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> when does the person die in this book? Like, I mean, I think you can get get away with that with a short story collection as long as your, as I say, as long as your your overall theme sticks. Yeah, you know, it's all okay. relevant and. It, it, connects together as a as a completed work um i think you'd probably struggle with that if you were you know you were yeah if you weren't if you were known for a particular genre and you started to write something completely different although having said that mo hader who's who's dead now bless her but um she um she made her name as a as a writer of detective fiction and the last three books that but the last three books that she wrote were 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 more to do with um um science fiction fantasy than uh, than detective fiction she wrote those under a different name theo claire um i think that's so cool but we, we, i've that. just read the first one of those i read it on holiday last year a book of sand it's called and it's absolutely wonderful but you wouldn't think that's mo hader <laughs> well it isn't it's theo claire but uh, but i mean you wouldn't think that's the same person uh, you know if you'd read the detective books it's completely different but as wonderful <clears throat> And we we watched a show called uh, Mythic Quest on um, on Apple. It's only because the, the whole Rob McElhenney craze at the moment, the whole Wrexham Football Club thing. You know, I thought I'd yeah. watch one of his new yeah. shows. Yeah. And there's a writer on there. He's so so funny. I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but he won a, a Nebula Award in 1972, and he carries his finger around with him. He's like, look, here's my. And now I'm writing for a video game, um, but he's not the writer that you think he is for certain reasons. You know, you need to watch the show to find out. Um, Is there anything that you feel like you need to improve on with the next book in a way that you can be like, actually, do you know what? Yes, I've done it this time. I've gone away and I've listened and I've looked back and I deserve this success. Yeah, I mean, I think... I'm not saying you don't now, but I'm saying is there a way you you can improve? I think in the next book, the the next book is... um, So I've got some fantasy stuff in there as well, which which connects to real life events in in watching the wheels. And I want to explore that a bit more because there's a... There's a character that I've I've written about in a couple of the stories in Watching the Wheels that I want to carry into the next book, into a, uh, you know with a more prominent kind of presence and a longer story, um, and she's a character that 
that operates more of a as a guardian angel, a kind of um, another worldly character. This this kind of idea that um, you know, as as human beings, we're being kind of over uh, observed by gods who are actually playing with us in some way, shape, or form to oh, like dictate a, our lives. Like a magnifying glass and an anthill. Top That's thing, right. Yeah. 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 So I, I want to explore that a bit more. The, 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 the fantasy element that that intrigues me, and that that'll definitely be more of a presence in the in the second collection. And and the second collection will be longer stories as well, um, fewer stories but longer. Um, so we, you know, we, I've got a, ten, a number of ten thousand word stories, which is double the the longest story that's in the first collection, um, mm. and that's that's interesting. Is there any plans to sort of uh, make this more than one thing? Because I know you get books that become graphic novels, you have audio books you have uh, there are now comic books that are animations there are tv shows there are there are ways you can take these th- this text and take turn it into something else yeah it's it's interesting because I, I was at the writers bridge north writers group um a couple of weeks ago one of the i read a piece out that i uh, part of what of, uh, of a story that i'm going to put in the second collection and this this writer came back and said, "Well, you know, the, the the kind of detail of the way you set the scene of that particular situation there, it kind of almost lends itself to a painting." And we've got artists in the writers' group as well. And one of the artists put up and said, "Well, it might be interesting to talk about that, um, create that scene because the the detail is is kind of um, you know so so kind of vivid." Um, Do an audio drama. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I can imagine you have some fun with that. <laughs> yeah, I did wonder about an audio book this time around. I've never done that, but there's a, I mean, there is a kind of e version of this, and, and along with the paperback, but I've never done an audio version. No. And again, short stories you'd think would lend themselves to audio books, you know, kind of Jack and Ori sort of. It'd be effect. perfect, wouldn't it? Yeah. Especially if you had like a number of different voice actors that lend themselves to a role in a different particular way. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, if you ever need a voice actor, I'll be here. Um, I, when I haven't thrown my voice out from shouting, uh, yeah, cool. Uh, <coughs> yeah, it was a, it was a very cold but very good day yesterday for Shrewsbury. What was the result? I missed it. We won three one against oh, cool. Morecambe. Cool. It was great. It was really cold though. The, the Facebook comments are so funny yesterday because they were like, "Oh yeah, nobody was." It was really bad. Uh, uh, environment, you know, atmosphere, and I was kind of like everybody was freezing. Everybody had their hands in the pockets and like watching this game. Nobody was clapping and cheering. Nobody felt like it. it was yeah. so, but we love that. We love that. Um, what what advice would you give to someone? I mean, I know you're part of the Rise Lab, and this is probably a, again another really cliche. But say there's somebody like struggling with their first book or a, a, a collection of short stories. What advice would you give them if um, they're struggling? Yeah, I think uh, I think. The not to be scared, really. I mean, a, you know, a blank page is quite scary when you you're sat there and you 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 know you you're faced with that. Um, not not to be kind of frightened of get, getting the words down on the page and getting your first draft sorted because no one's first draft is anywhere near the the end result. But the important thing is to to you know to not be frightened by that. Don't let that put you off, and carry on carry on writing until you've got that first draft in front of you. And then work on it again and again and again because the editing is probably the the most important thing. Um, yeah, to make sure it flows. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Well, I've, I think, I've, by the way, thank you for an original answer. Usually a lot of people go, just keep going. And that's a great answer. I appreciate that. But that's, come on, that's a cop out. Just keep going, guys. But not, don't be scared. It's a really good one, especially yeah. for people like me who get nervous yeah. about their own creations and stuff. Um, and watching the wheels, where can people find this book? Is it sold locally? Is it? Yeah, it's uh, it's in the, all the usual retailers. I mean, Amazon is the, obviously the big one, but um, yeah, um, Blackwell's have got it, Waterstones have got it, any of the usual retailers. Is it in Raven Bookstores as well in the market hall? Do you know? Um, I'm not so sure she's taken it on there, but I, I can go and have a conversation with her so you see whether yeah. she'll stock it. But uh, I've just got this new passion for speaking to new authors and stuff. And I, I, was, I was in there, I was doing some, um, making some content for someone. In the, in the market hall, started chatting to Laura from Raven Studios. And I was like, authors, they're great, aren't they? Yeah. You know, <laughs> we just start this conversation. Like, I think like, it's definitely something we need to learn, lean more into. Because I lo- there's nothing better than like, this was great, just taking a walk around and your mind and finding out where these stories come from. Okay. It's that's really good. good. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I'll take Walking around my mind. That's I'll take your word for it, yeah. Um, but no, seriously, thank you for thank you for being so uh, accommodating and welcoming when I saw you guys in the library. It was really, it was really nice to meet you yeah, guys. Yeah, no, it was great to see you. Um, and I am really enjoying the book. I'm sorry I haven't been able to finish it. Like, my mind is always on like five or six things at a different yeah, time. Yeah, of course. But I am genuinely really, really enjoying it and uh, I can't wait to finish it. And I'll, I'll definitely give you a review when it's out. Yeah, cool. Um, that'd, be, that'd be wonderful. I'll give you one of those quotes as well. Uh, amazing read really enjoyed it five stars Alex Whiteley you know yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a review on Amazon would be wonderful but yeah be, be honest you know that's the it's important that we take that that kind of critique and uh, you know we use that yeah absolutely um, are you on social media as a writer as an author can people get yeah to we've got um, a Twitter account Instagram uh, you're going to ask me the addresses now aren't you yeah I think oh. I've got you on Instagram I don't got you on Facebook I, I just put myself uh, on airplane mode because I was I was I was beep, 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 beeping down my mixer. I can go on to is it is it S A B on Instagram? So on Instagram it's um, S A B underscore author. Yes, and on Twitter I'm turn that back off. I don't remember these things. My phone's been really sensitive today. It's like ah. <laughs> when it gets in my mixer, it goes ah. So Twitter I'm. Um, S A B capital letters R O A capital letter U T H O R. So it's at S A Bro Author. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining me and coming around today. Uh, where, are you guys local? Are you, are you doing shop? Yeah, we're just we're just uh, up in Aqueduct in Telford. Oh, okay, so you've driven it. Oh, bless you. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate well, it. Thanks for having us, Alice. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that's been really good. Um, right, guys, make sure you are and buy this book, uh, Watching the Wheels. I guarantee you from the first paragraph, you'll be shocked and awed and amazed at the same time I was. Um, it was really funny because I was sat around family and I was like, you know, when you're reading around family, you're like, oh, if only, if only they knew what I was reading right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, does, it should come with a little bit of a health warning for some of the stories. But, um, yeah, it know, comes with a bit of a kick, which is great. That's gritty and it's a kick, as you say. It's the impactful side of it. It's really refreshing. I really enjoyed it. So make sure Watching the Wheels uh, by Stephen Anthony Brotherton. Uh, give it uh, a look, guys, and definitely check it out. Um, thank you to my wonderful guests today. Hope you guys have a great day. Thanks, Alex. And um, we'll, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if, the, if you are listening to The Shrewsbury Biscuit for the first time, uh, please give us a like on Facebook. Um, we are at The Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, we're on LinkedIn too and if you like this uh, podcast give it a review five stars is great you know
it really does help it really does help us uh, well i'll catch you guys next time thank you for tuning in peace out